So last week we talked about prayer. This week, this is part number two about prayer. Um, So if you have your Bibles, here's what I want you to do. Um, Open to the back of the book. Go to the back of the book, starting with the book of Revelation and go backwards. And you're going to run into a, a letter. It's called 1 John. 1 John. So go, go to 1 John if you have your Bibles. Go to 1 John. If not, I'm going to have it up there for you. That's going to be our key text for you today. 1 John. We're going to be in uh, verses uh, 14 and 15. Let me just give you a real quick uh, recap. So last week, we talked about prayer. We launched this thing off, and we said uh, what prayer looks like is that it's kind of a, uh, in, in the New Testament, is a three-part word. Prayer Sukome is a, this idea in the New Testament where it's a drawing closer, it's an exchange, and it's a resting in God's presence. So it's not just verbally talking, but it's a, it's a, it's a moment where your heart and your soul, your mind actually draws closer to God by exchanging our will for his will. And in doing so, we just rest in the presence of God. So prayer is like this lifestyle. We can move through work. We can be at home and be resting in God's presence while we're exchanging fear and anxiety for the peace and the comfort and the guidance and purpose of Jesus. When we get closer to God's presence, when we get closer to his will, when we exchange our will, our desires for his will, that's the exchange. That's called prayer. And sometimes that happens in our thought life. It's totally, it's, it might be totally silent. It may not be physical words coming out of our mouth. It may just be silent. So prayer, I want you to think about it. If, if, you, if you missed last week's uh, message, please go back and check that out. Because this week, I want to build on that. So last week, we talked about prayer. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Last week, we talked about prayer as resting. peaceful. Just God, what, what are you doing so I can rest in that? What are you speaking so I can rest in that? Kind of like a prayer as listening. Prayer is listening. The second part to today, this week, what we're going to be talking about is prayer as response. After we rest, or I should say, as we rest in the presence of God, as we rest in exchanging our heart for his, as we rest in what he's doing, what kind of response should I be taking? What posture should I have? What, what words should I be speaking? Now, the, if you can just keep this up for just a second, the cycle of our life should be constant cycle of resting in that exchange and then speaking, resting, then speaking, resting, then speaking. Now, the order of this is massively important. I mean, let me just say that again. Oftentimes, I, I got on a soapbox last week, so I'm not going to do it again. But a lot of times as Christian, we, we think automatically as prayer, as talking. When we say, hey, we need to pray about that. All right, let me just talk. Let me just ramble on and speak to God. The longer the prayer, probably like the more spiritual it is. Totally not true. Actually, God says the opposite in Matthew 6. You should go check it out. But anyway, that's not the point. My point is when we usually refer to automatically think about prayer, we usually think about just us as man, as humans, speaking to God. But the first primary part and posture of prayer is supposed to be listening. Just God, what are you saying? What are you doing? I want to, because I want to join your plan. 
And in that, once you know more about what God's doing, that's why we talked about the text, uh, Psalm 46.10, once we know more about who God is and what he's doing, then we can respond with my words, with my actions and say, yes, I agree with that. That's confession. I agree. And we speak that out. If we get this flipped around, can I just, one second. If we get this flipped around and speak before we actually listen, if we speak before we rest, we're gonna be exhausted. We're not gonna know what to pray. Our prayers are gonna be empty and flat. There's gonna be no authority, like zero authority. You're not gonna have enough authority and weight in your words to move a mosquito. You know what I'm saying? But, but what God talks about is prayers that actually come from heaven, that reside down deep in your heart, and then you speak out, can move mountains. <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited about this. So anyway, go to 1 John chapter 5. Uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna camp out there. Let me just ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to hear? Uh, so do you want God to hear and answer your prayer. Just write this down. Just reflect on it. Just think about it. Do you really want God to hear your prayers? Do you want him to answer your prayers? Do you want confidence that he hears you when you're praying? I mean, just think about that. Do you want him to hear? Do you, do you want that prayer to be effective? Do you want it to come back to you fulfilled? Do you want to see answers to that? Do you want to see the goodness of God right in front of you, partnering with him? I mean, I think it's valid. Before, before we move on, you know, too much into the message, I, I think it's probably important to say, how, how heavy are you on this question? Like how much of an answer of yes, a resounding yes, do you really want? Do you want God to hear and to answer your prayer? depending, and even if you're neutral, right? You, you might be new to this space and you're like, I'm, I'm not really sure if I want to know the answer to that question. Maybe you're just, you're here trying to figure it all out. Totally fine. Um, let, let me give you a, one verse. There's a lot of them, but let me just give you one verse. First John, this is our key text. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15. Let me read the word of God to you. And this is the confidence that we have toward God. This is the confidence that we have towards God. You want confidence. This is the confidence that we have towards God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you hear that? <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> this is so great. This is the confidence that we have towards God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15 goes on. And if we know that God hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request of what we asked him for. Think about that for just a second. If we know his will, if we know the character of God and we know his word and his will and his desires, and then and all of a sudden we take those and speak them back to him. God, this is the request. That I, then we have confidence knowing that not only does he hear us, but we already have what we asked for. <laughs> this should be like, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but why not? You should tattoo this on your arm or something. Be reminded that this is the confidence that you have. Like you just need to embed this inside of your heart. This, this should be, I'm just tossing this out there. This should be your memory verse for the rest of your life. Do you want confidence? Well, this is the confidence that we have towards God. Come on, just one more time. Verse 14 and verse 15. Let's just read it again. It's so good. 
the more we read it, the more we just, um, Paul says that we should dedicate ourselves to the public reading of the word. So let's just do it right now. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have towards God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him. We already know that we have what we asked for when we ask according to his will. He hears us and he answers our prayers. This is cool. This is amazing. So here we are with a verse like that, rich, thick, um, with potential. And I, I can't help but think that this steers the center of who is at our prayers from man, us, to God. God's at the center of answering our prayers. God's at the center. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that's kind of obvious. It's not obvious. Have you ever heard your prayer recently? Have you ever heard the things that you're asking God for? It, it, it would be nice if you just recorded them as you go out the day and then, and then at the reflection of your day, hit the play button on all the things that you talk to God about. And generally speaking, they're the things that you selfishly are thinking about that you want. What if you move those over to, so that you weren't consumed with the things that were in your mind, selfishness and, and fear and doubt, but then you moved them over to be totally honest and having the word of God implanted in your soul, ready to pull this truth and give back to him. God, this is what you said. This is what happens when Jesus actually met Satan face to face. You want to know how he rebuked him? You want to know when, when Satan and Jesus actually got into a fight? You want to know Jesus's rebuttal to kick Satan out of his life? It was scripture. Like he used scripture. He was like, take this. Boom. It was like a one-two punch that annihilated him. It's the same thing he did on the cross when he said, it's finished. Oh, this is, um, this is crazy because oftentimes as Christians, when we think about prayer, we think about prayer as talking when we really should be thinking the cycle of prayer should look like this. Prayer is listening and resting. That's week one. So go check that out. Today, it should be then, only the secondary, the response of that prayer should be then we can find the words to speak. Okay, so here we are, 1 John 5. And you're thinking, okay, this is great because um, we want confidence in the fact that we want to have God hear our prayers and also answer because, you know, if we know that we're praying his will, then we know that he hears us and he answers what we pray for. This is amazing. That's a great verse. First John 5, great, got it. So then your question is, where's my material? What should I actually pick up to use to give back to him. How do I know his will? How do I know what he wants? How do I know his agenda, his plan? Like Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done. So how do, how do I know that? It's a good question. Appreciate that. Come on, just come up closer. Fist bump that. That's, good. That's a good question. So, so let, me, let me give it to you. If you journal and you spend time in the word of God, and then you journal about what God's saying to you from the scriptures, you already got your material. You already have your material. Because the material that God wants you to use is things that he has already spoken. It's this book right here. God wants us to get this thing tucked inside of us so that then when we speak, I just, I'm, I wish the, 
Because I could just walk around. Just, and everything we say to our, to our kids, uh, in an email, to work, uh, when we're on a meeting, when we're on, a, when on our Zoom call, you know, it's like working from home. And then when we're out in the yard, when we're talking on the phone, when we're texting, the words that we actually start using are not just our words. They have a source. They come straight from heaven. And then when we start to have these words that we consume, that we listen to, that we hear, that we read, then all of a sudden gets down deep inside of us. And when we do speak, then all of a sudden it has weight to move mountains. It has authority for the hearers to listen and be benefited by grace. That's Ephesians 4. And so there's, there's material right here of your, of your time inside of the word so that you can tuck that inside of your soul and start speaking God's word back to him. Just like Jesus said, it's written, it is said, you say in this book. If you don't know what to pray, my suggestion is look in the book of Psalms and just watch through the book of Psalms. Just read through the book of Psalms. There's 150 chapters in there, 150 books that you can just read through in the book of Psalms and just say, man, David, you're spot on. That's right where I am. And once you find yourself with the prayers that David prayed, because this is scripture, then all of a sudden you can take those and just repeat them right back. God, this, or maybe, maybe there's something in here um, that all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, I needed to hear that. I want to be like that. Well, then take his word and just ask, God, make me like this prayer. Make me like that scripture. Make me like this. I wanna walk through my life so it'll look like this. Use his scripture back to him. Proverbs 18, 20 gives us an insight about how important our words really are. It says this, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Well, let me just give you, give you a visual. If I walk around my house, especially your house, because you're like, you're stuck there. We're stuck there. When you, walk, when you walk around your house, the words that you're speaking are actually producing an atmosphere inside of your home. So my suggestion is, because this is what we do, pump worship music on a speaker through your house constantly. You should just have it blaring as long as it doesn't distract you from work. But just the atmosphere of heaven, just the truth of God, or if you, if you don't want that, you can just have the audio version of scripture. Just have the Bible on a speaker be read. Just play it. And, and here's my challenge. While we're fasting and praying for this next two weeks, just try it. See, just see if there is a difference. Just see if there's a difference. Because Proverbs, this is the principle. This is an idea. This is from God's word. Proverbs 18 says, the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. That means, I want to, I want to give, give this visual. The words that we speak, I want you just to, to uh, imagine that once you speak them, they hang in the air. They just, they, once they speak, they just hang there. And you're walking through your house with all these words that you've already spoken in the past and in the present, just hanging there. And all of a sudden you'll be satisfied and you'll eat, you'll consume, you'll snack on those very words throughout the day. 
Are you speaking fear? Are you speaking doubt? Are you speaking death? Are you speaking negative things, pessimistic things, always this idea of being critical, judgmental? Then you're gonna eat all those fear, judgment. That's why you're consumed with anxiety and worry. But if you have the word of God, maybe penetrating your home, maybe you have worship and you're speaking out truth, you're speaking out what God has put inside of you. Maybe it's just one verse that you have on repeat over and over. You only have one verse that you memorize. <laughs> That's totally great. Have that one verse. Just keep penetrating. Keep going. Keep going. Have it on repeat and see that the atmosphere around you won't be more life-giving. This is the idea of prayer that we have. But I, I talked about this a little bit, but let me just give you, a, let me just give you something to write down. If, if you're taking notes, write this down. Man's humanities, man's prayers usually target the outward and the external realities. Usually, if you ever look at our prayers and the direction of our prayers, we're usually like, God, take care of this. Take care of COVID-19. God, take care of those people. Take care of my boss. Take care of my employees. Take care of that house. Take care of that issue. And they're usually, our directive is usually external realities. But I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the, the biggest mountains that God wants us to move in our lives are the very things in our mind. It's in our soul, it's our heart, it's our emotions. The very area in which God wants to do the most work with his prayers, God's target. His prayers usually target the inward and internal reality. Have you ever noticed that? Before you commit adultery externally, deal with it internally. Before you have hatred build up and anger, then deal with it in your heart beforehand. God speaks a lot on his prayers being targeted towards the very thing that it starts from, which is right here internally. So when we're praying, when we're going through this couple weeks of fasting and prayer, and and you have this reminder that God wants you to believe and not doubt, and this mountain will be moved into the heart of the sea, uh, sometimes visually, I think you and I, just see that mountain as an obstacle in our way, sort of like a Goliath that needs to come down. So we just, we we visually look at something that's outside of us and say, this mountain needs to move. And so then you take this prayer and you take that scripture and you say, God, move that mountain. That thing is getting in my way. And this is my path. This is what you've called me to. And we're like, that's kind of a weak sauce prayer. That's like, you want top level? You want like top shelf prayer? This is what you do. You take his word and you understand that instead of targeting external things, you find out where God wants to start inside of you. I feel like I have a lot of experience in this in the past couple of weeks because um, I don't know about you, but God has been dealing with some sin in my life and junk that's been surfacing in some, some mountains. A few weeks ago, I don't want to digress too much, but a few weeks ago, I, I gave a message called Fig Trees. And it was the idea that biblically our lives represent a fig tree. And there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus comes up to a physical fig tree and he, and he just kills it. He, he allows the roots and the tree to be dead. And the parallel right after that, right after he does this to a physical fig tree, then he turns to his disciples and says, if you believe and don't doubt, you can take this mountain into the heart of the sea and it'll happen. And so the premise is there is a fig tree that's not bearing fruit and that should. There's areas in your life that are not bearing fruit and they should. There's areas in your life that are not producing love and they should. They're not producing joy and they should. They're not producing goodness and they should. 
So God says, I wanna not only rip up the fig tree, but I wanna rip up the land and the soil and the mountain that's actually sourcing that fig tree. And I wanna remove the mountain. And so where does he say that the mountain is located? It's inside here. The obstacle in which the reason why you can't see past the horizon and see what's on the future is because there's not a mountain in front of you. There's a mountain inside of you that needs to move. It's called pride and it's called selfishness that God wants to deal with. And this is what he says in in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass and it will be done for him. I want you to, I want you to just make an observation for something. I'm gonna invite Josh to come back up here. I'm gonna bring this real close, personal. We're going into a season of fasting and prayer. And one of the things that God was talking about with this physical fig tree right in front of him, then he turns to his disciples and says, this mountain needs to be moved. The mountain of pride and selfishness in our heart. You know, the problem with humanity is, is we're, we're right now literally just inside of rooms, inside of houses right now. And we think the issue is our family. We think the issue is our spouse. We think the issue is something distant, but it's never that. It's always something that God wants to recalibrate right here. It's been that from the beginning and will be all the way through the New Testament. It's true in our life. And so I want you to take note. I've already bolded it right here. Truly I say to you, Jesus, this is Jesus' words. Truly I say to you, whoever, underline this, highlight it. Come on, this is, this is really, really important. Whoever says, come on, you got to speak this out. Don't just internalize it. This is the very idea of what confession is. It's an agreement with God and not somebody else. It's an agreement with his plan, not our plan. This is exactly what God wants to do. He says, I want to take this mountain inside of your life. I want to take the mountain inside of your soul and take it into the heart of the sea where it belongs. So your sin is so far from the east is from the west. But what I want you to do is rest in my presence. I want you to fast to get rid of the things that are distracting you. Fast to get rid of the things that you're dependent on. Fast and ready to get rid of the things that you're strengthening so that you can be strengthened and dependent on my word and on my presence. And when that happens, what I want you to do is then you find the words, you find the pride, you see the mountain that is causing your, your issue, that you see the mountain that's causing your addiction. You see the mountain that's causing your, your marriage to go astray. You see the mountain that's causing your, your relationships to be so unhealthy. And what I want you to do is you see that mountain inside of you. And I want you to say to it, in Jesus' name, be taken up, be moved into the heart of the see where the depths of shield that's exactly where pride and selfishness belong come on we want prayers that actually have weight to them and authority let instead of praying for those out there that need my prayer why don't you start by saying god i want you to clean house blessing and judgment starts in the house of the lord i'm the temple i have things that need to go fig trees they're just areas in which you're just not breeding life love congruence mercy genuineness. Every single fruit of the Holy Spirit is not in me and you need to speak it. There's a reason why praying out loud is so powerful. It's because sometimes we don't speak out loud until we actually resolve to know it internally.
So that's why God says, I want you to go in your room, in your closet, shut the door, read my word, pray in secret, practice when nobody else is around. If you mess up, it's all good. Just you and me. I want you to, like last week, I want you to be real. I want you to be authentic. I want you to take my words. And when you see the area of pride and selfishness come up and it's a mountain, it gets built so quick in your life. I want you to take the fig tree out and the mountain that it, that it source, the mountain that is nourishing it, the mountain that holds the water, the mountain that, that breeds the nutrients into the fig tree. And I want you to take the mountain as well as the fig tree, the thing that's not bearing fruit in your life and to move it into the heart of the sea. How do we do that? We fast. We say, God, what's consuming my life? What should I be reading and listening to that I need to omit and substitute off of this and get into your word? If, you, if you're fearful about you know, fasting, jump into it with progression. Start small and just move. It's about your heart. It's not about the physical practice. Don't be religious about it. If, if, if you can't conquer the big step that you want to tomorrow or today, then no worries. But what we're asking that we fast together, because there, there's, a, there's a story just, after, just before Mark 11, which is Mark 9. There's a story in which um, I, can, I can just understand the, the heartbreak of this parent comes to the disciples and it says, will you, will you please release this demon outside of my son? Because it's just torturing him. So with tears in his eyes, he just brings the disciples, please pray for him, deliver this guy. He's hurting, he's being tortured. And after prayer, 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 deliverance and, and all the other stuff, the disciples couldn't even do it. They, they couldn't deliver this boy. And then Jesus comes and he makes a statement. He goes, this, and he delivers the son. He frees him, just like he wants to free you and me. He frees the son of everything that it holds him. And, and Jesus ends with this statement to his disciples. And he says, this kind, maybe this kind of lifestyle, uh, maybe this kind of prayer, maybe this kind of depth, maybe this kind of intimacy with the heart of a father. I, I don't know. But he says, this kind can only come out with prayer and fasting. Well, let's combine the two so that we can exchange our heart for his, rest in his presence, and then find the words inside of his book, inside of his scripture to speak authoritatively back to him so that we can see the mountains moved in our lives.